This week on the Reverse Sellouts, Cambodia Town and Camera Lenses. Welcome back to the Reverse Sellouts podcast. I'm your host, Sam Fian. Uh, this is the second of two mini episodes this week, and it's another good one. Um, I talked to film student Ethan Sue about his newest project. It's called Landmine. It's a short film about a working class woman um, in Long Beach's Cambodia town. Uh, it explores themes like class, race, and disparity. Um, Ethan's Cambodian himself, but he worked really hard to make sure he was accurately representing the Cambodia town community. Um, and he had a lot of uh, a lot of fascinating knowledge to share about the what is the highest concentration of Cambodians outside of Cambodia, uh, their culture, their struggles, and interestingly enough, uh, their donut shops. Keep it locked on the reverse sellouts. So this project, uh, which is called Landmine, um, it's uh, it was originally uh, for a capstone project at you know through the film school, um, but we've since kind of the the writer and the producer and I have since uh, transitioned it to be a an independent short film, which is something that we're currently, um, you know, developing into a, a larger project outside of the constraints of uh, of USC. So we're really excited about that. Yeah. What are those constraints? Is it is it just uh, budgetary or time stuff or uh, what's beyond that? Yeah, so it, it's a couple of things. I think uh, primarily the book, Primarily, it's like a budgetary constraint. Uh, I believe the, the, the budget cap uh, at, you know, at our school is, is $10,000 per film, uh, which is quite a hefty amount of, of money to, to make a short film. However, like, uh, you know, I think with the, with the scope um, of, of this project and what we want to try to do with it, like shoot on locations in Long Beach and we'll kind of cover that, I'm sure, um, yeah, sure. as well as like casting like real actors uh, who are from the area uh, I think uh, we're looking at a budget uh, that's that's more than ten thousand. I I I don't really know for sure, but uh, but you know I think um, definitely having more money is always a good thing. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And we can get into the details of your next steps later on, but I feel like we should get get into the project itself. Um, do you want to just give a quick rundown of, of yeah. what y'all are doing? Um, yeah. So so the project is uh, it's called Landmine. It's about a young working class woman uh, who has an unexpected reunion with her childhood best friend, where then she grapples with leaving her aging mother uh, and her family owned restaurant in pursuit of an education to finally get out of this, you know, small neighborhood. Um, so that's the log line. It's more specifically, it's set in uh, the Cambodian community in Cambodia town, which is like, uh, like a one mile run down in like the heart of Long Beach. So just down Anaheim Street, um, that's where, uh, you know, in fact, um, that's where like m the most Cambodians outside of the country of Cambodia uh, are in Long Beach. Um, and so that was always a world that, that I had really wanted to explore um, in, in a film since my mom's from Cambodia. So I've kind of like grown up with this history of, you know, the Cambodian people coming over from the, from the genocide escaping that whole ordeal after the, the war um, and then resettling in different pockets of the United States. My family just ended up in Chicago. But when I came out to LA, I was really fascinated by, by such a big Cambodian culture here um, and, and definitely saw it as an opportunity to, to help reconnect, you know, myself with culture, but also help articulate uh, some of the issues that, you know, this community is facing. And um, 
and yeah, and so you know, I I guess can I just keep talking about the project? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm I'm curious just to interrupt you for a sec. I'm curious yeah. how you initially came into contact with with Cambodia Town because I I really had no idea that that was the the highest concentration of uh, Cambodians outside of the country. Yeah, um, and it's really interesting too because a lot of like uh, people that 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 I talk to. Um, who are Asian, uh, especially like Southeast Asian, don't know that Cambodia Town actually exists. Yeah. Um, and my first like contact with with the community is freshman year. Uh, I did a lot of commercial work for the USC Army ROTC. Um, so right here on campus. Um, and then through that, uh, you know, the USC battalions actually connected to um, Cal State Long Beach and Cal State Dominguez Hills. Actually, a, a couple of the cadets um, that we met during like these training exercises uh, from Cal State Long Beach are actually uh, Cambodian or Polynesian. And so that was kind of like my first introduction. And I was like, um, I was like, wait a minute, like, you know, you're Cambodian, uh, I'm Cambodian. And then that kind of spiraled into discovering this, this larger community. Yeah. Hell yeah. You can yeah. continue uh, talking about the project. <laughs> I was just curious. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, sure. Uh, but yeah. All right. So like more about the film, I guess, like to get into like the characters, uh, we follow this young working class woman uh, who, yeah, there's this young working class woman whose name is Joe. Um, and what's really, I think, cool about this short film is it follows Joe between two different pivotal stages in her life. Um, so kind of like, you know, in a film like Moonlight, how we track uh, young Chiron from, you know, a boy to his adolescence to his adulthood mm -hmm. um, but in this film it's only um, Joe as a young 13 year old girl and Joe as a 26 year old adult um, who's kind of coming into the world finally and so in our first time period uh, she she's working at her mom's donut shop and interesting fun fact actually about I don't know the exact numbers but I know that like the majority of donut shops in Southern California are Cambodian owned because when they came over from the war and the genocide, um, that was actually like one of uh, the easiest businesses to get into when they, you know, one, one Cambodian family employed, you know, a dozen others. And that's kind mm -hmm. of how it spawned this like huge, uh, you know, influx of, of Cambodian donut shops in the SoCal area. Um, and, you know, in Spud Nuts actually right, right by USC, that's Cambodian owned too. We didn't yeah, know that um, when I, we were writing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's super cool um, to, to just kind of see like how, how much of an effect the, you know, this, this has, especially like at, at school like USC, which is so like, you know, contained, I feel like within yeah. the, you know, the, like the South Central community. Um, sorry, off track, but no, no, that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Joe uh, is working at her mom's donut shop in Cambodia town. Um, and, you know, Here's where we meet uh, her, her best friend, Sam, who comes running in. He's also 13. Uh, now, he's, he's, he's always been like a bit of like a wild child. He's never, you know, really been on the right side of the law. Uh, he's never been arrested, though, because he's so young. But, you know, he's always stirring up trouble. And um, the, the police officers in the, in the donut shop actually do recognize him for a brief second uh, before he and Joe sneak out to go get ice cream. Um, and so that kind of like sets the stage for this world that's, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty working class community mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of um, heavy policing and like over policing of, of the area. And that's yeah. something that we want to establish in this first little time period. When we jump forward and meet Joe as an adult, she's like 26 now. Um, her and her mom have kind of uh, 
the relationship has kind of uh, developed some some bumps, to say the least. Joe's really frustrated that her mom didn't want to send her to college, even though they had enough money. Um, well, uh, okay, actually, sorry, they didn't have enough money, but um, but Joe's kind of frustrated that like you know she didn't get to go to college like uh, some of her other classmates in high school and that she's stuck working at the donut shop at the, you know, at the behest of, of her mom who wants her to, you know, stay working at the donut shop and um, continue running the business, especially now that she's getting older and a little less capable of, you know, doing like daily operation things, right. stuff like that. It's an age old uh, immigrant family story. Exactly. Um, and then, so, so uh, this friction kind of comes to a head when, when Joe and Christina are going to a graduation party of one of the other local Cambodian girls who went to college and she's graduated and she has a nice job up in like, you know, downtown, uh, downtown LA. Mm -hmm. And so um, Joe's really kind of frustrated about that. And at the graduation party, she's kind of um, hanging out by herself, uh, kind of being a wallflower. But that's when she runs into Sam. Uh, and so Sam's also older, uh, but now he looks a lot different. He's, he's got a lot of tattoos on his arms, um, shaved his head and is wearing like a very, uh, you know, gang affiliated um, wardrobe costume or not costume, but just like, you know, the, like the, the white tees and like the black jeans, stuff like that. Um, and we learn uh, that, you know, he's just made it on parole um, and he's trying to like clean up his act and, and finally leave that, that gang life behind him. Mm. Um, and so with that, Joe and Sam kind of start to reconnect, especially when they walk back to the donut shop in the evening, um, just to, to kind of, you know, talk about, you know, what it was like being kids and, and how their lives have kind of changed. Um, and Sam actually, you know, really wants Joe to, to pursue her, you know, her own life and wants her to go to college. Um, even though, you know, Joe's still a bit hesitant because of her mom and like the financial situation. Uh, but Sam's really insistent. But when they get to the donut shop, um, Joe's trying to open the door so they could like, you know, so she can close up for the night. But turns out she forgot her keys. Uh, so she runs around the back uh, to grab a spare while Sam kind of gives like the, the door uh, a, a jiggle or two. Um, but that's not what it quite looks like when two police officers mm. roll into the lot um, and they, you know, stop Sam, uh, and, and, you know, and Sam very defensive and obviously not wanting to break his parole and, and, and go back in, right. um, jumps up and he's, you know, and he's claiming that he's innocent. Um, but Joe comes running around the corner. Uh, the cops kind of rough her up a little bit cause she's, uh, trying to protect Sam. Um, and Sam sees this and he gets really mad at the, the police officers and he pushes one of the police officers. Um, and while Joe is not arrested, Sam's arrested and he's taken in um, again. Mm. So our, the ending is, is you know, Joe on, on, on the next day or on the morning after the arrest, she's working at her donut shop again. Um, but when her mom's not looking, uh, she, she fulfills her, her final promise to Sam, which is, you know, uh, that she'll start saving up for college. And so what she does when her mom's not looking is, she slips a couple of dollars from the cash register and puts it into her own pocket. And so, you know, it's not, you know, to her, it's not a lot of money to start out with, but at least, you know, she's, she's doing it, you know, and at least. Yeah, first step. Hell yeah, yeah man. 
that's great i love that that was like i'm excited to see that final product do you, do you guys have <laughs> any sort of schedule like uh, set up yet for for shooting or are you just still trying to get things off the ground a little bit or yeah so with covid we're we're trying to wait mm-hmm. i think wait it out because again like i would love to shoot this on location in right. cambodia town and in long beach um but that's going to require like a bigger crew yeah. and more transportation and i think that's something I'm okay with waiting so that we can do it right um, instead of trying to, to have to, you know, make endless compromises. You know, since I kind of discovered Cambodia Town, I've always been very interested in, in setting a film there. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, the idea and, and the, the world I brought to our writer, Olivia. Um, and she's a very talented writer and w- one of my classmates. Um, but I just brought the, the world of Cambodia town. I was like, um, you know, and, and I made her like a whole pitch deck. And I was like, you know, this is uh, Cambodia town. This is who the people are. This is what they've been through. Um, and this is a world that I want um, you to, to write a story in. Mm-hmm. And so she was super on board uh, since day one. And we've kind of just been reaching out to a lot of Cambodian Americans within that community. Um, and, and, you know, well, due to the pandemic, we've been, you know, Zooming like right, we are right. now, just kind of talking with them, hearing their stories um, and, and just kind of conducting our, our research that way. Yeah. Um, so we, we probably talked to dozens and dozens of, of people, um, you know, and then all the characters in Landmine are just composites of these characters or like of these people that, that we met um, as well as like, you know, we're taking like real life stories and putting them and, you know, we're finding a ways to like fit them into this story. Um, so that's, that's kind of been like the research process. And it's something that like, I, like I've really grown to love. I feel like all, all my films are very based in like history or some kind of like real aspect, uh, whether that be a community, um, you know, uh, the people or like, again, like, like the, just like the history of, of something. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and then, yeah. And then like, like, why is it so important to tell this story about this community? I think like, there's just not a lot of, of stories that, that focus on like Southeast Asian issues and then people. I think when you think of an Asian American film or a novel or, or whatever kind of representation we have in the media, um, it's a lot of, you know, model minority stuff and it's doctors and lawyers and, mm-hmm. you know, nerds and, and geeks and stuff like that. But I think um, when you kind of peel back different layers of, you know, who is encapsulated within this Asian American identity, you'll find that like, um, that like, you know, we're not like, you know, Asian Americans are not like monolithic and that, you know, yeah. uh, that there are huge wealth and education disparities within our communities. And I think this film highlights, you know, some of the people at the bottom who really have never had their voices articulated. And, I'm, and, and that's something that, I, that I've been really trying to, to strive to, to bring to screen uh, accurately, responsibly, as well as, you know, with, with uh, entertainment. I think, yeah, I think Landline is, is, is one of the first times that it's kind of come together, especially with a team because mm-hmm. uh, because i've been kind of working on my own but like you know especially in my other projects um i've definitely like there was a there's a short film i made uh a year ago 
about like an Asian American um, boxer who who comes home and she realizes that you know that her relationship with with her mom isn't what it used to be and, and there's some conflict that arises there especially when her mom finds out that you know she, she she's got like a tattoo on her arm and and has kind of adopted a you know a, a less traditional lifestyle mm-hmm. um and then they're like these very like uh abstract boxing sequences um that are kind of intercut throughout the film that mm-hmm. that represent her, her like mental um her like her like her, her like emotional journey yeah and so just so for that one uh, I actually casted a real boxer um, and I went to, you know, shadow her and, and other boxers that I know um, at, at, the, at their gyms and stuff. And, I, you know, I got to throw on the gloves a little bit, throw some punches at like, you know, one of the heavy bags. Oh, um, yeah. So, so like, I don't know. I think like I just love learning with my films, you know, and I love going into a subject matter that I might not know that much about, but coming out of it, you know, knowing a, a lot more. Um, and I think that's super fulfilling for me. And I, I don't know, I think that's like one of the best parts about, you know, what we do. Huge thanks as always to my guest, Ethan Sue, and uh, to you, the listener, for hanging out with us. Check out Ethan's Instagram for further updates on the project and tune in next time for more reverse sellouts.